Thank you, Jesus, that you are here this morning. Prepare our hearts, Lord. Prepare our minds to receive from you. Father God, I pray that each person in this room avails themselves to your voice, Lord, and say, here I am, Lord Jesus. Speak to me this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father God, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. What a powerful prayer. Our Father. Jesus taught us something about unity when he taught us this prayer. He says, after this manner, ye pray, our Father. Not your Father only, not my Father only, no, our Father. Unity in my body is what he was saying. Our Father. And it's our Father. We start to speak to our Father. He, he, he immediately starts out in relationship and connection. He says, it's not just an exalted high God far above, beyond your reach. No, our Father. Connection and depth is what he talks of. Which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's where we start when we pray. Hallowed be thy name. Not, Lord, I need this, this and that. Not straight to the shopping list. Hey, no, no. Hallowed be thy name. No matter what's going on in my life, no matter what I'm facing, no matter the storms on my sea, hallowed be thy name. No matter if I feel that life's scrimping in on me, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name, Lord. Even when I feel the pressure, the pressure is on, Lord, but hallowed be thy name. Even when I have lack of faith sometimes, Lord. Hallowed be thy name. That's where you start. Amen. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Isn't that where we all should start? We go straight into the shopping list, into the grocery list and say, Lord, I want, I want this one for me. We forget that we should start after this manner ye pray. We should pray, Lord, let your will be done. Because I know if your will is done, it's going to be good. If I know, if I know that, that your will comes to pass, everything will be okay. If I, if I know that your will, that I'm walking and stepping in stride with you, that everything will be okay. And then, give me this day my daily bread. That's where it comes to you for the first part in this prayer. So after you've honored his name, after you've asked for his will, after you've asked for direction and divine direction from him, then you say, Father God, feed me for today. You should do this daily. Jesus said after this manner you pray. Ask him daily for that which you need. You say, well, I've never done that. Stop. Say, Lord, give me something. Feed me out of your word this morning. Pray before you read the Bible. Sometimes we open our Bibles and we read it and it's like gibberish to us, right? Like, what's that all about? I just read a whole chapter and I don't know. I understand a word of what's going on on this book. Pray, ask God, say, Lord, open it up to me. Break it open to me so I can understand. Feed me, give me this day, this daily bread. Just something, Lord, that I can hold on to. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Jesus is talking about forgiveness. 
He says, I forgive you as you forgive others. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. So Jesus said, after you've told me what you need and after you've prayed for, we're back at, for thine is the kingdom and the glory and the power. Put him back where he belongs, on the throne, in control. Amen. Cool. By faith. My slide one. <laughs> Let's get into the message. That wasn't planned. That wasn't part of the message. But right. Who loves science in the house? Hey, eh? who's science? Any science teachers? Hey, come on. Anybody? Hey, you, do you do you teach? Get, get taught about this in school? What is everything made of? The makeup of all matter, atoms. It's made up of atoms. We know. They're extremely small particles that are the basing building blocks of ordinary matter. It's where it is, an atom right there. Look at that. That's what, that's what it looks like. So we've got the nucleus in the center with protons and neutrons and orbiting electrons. Isn't that really cool? What was, what was cool when I, when, I, when I did this, what immediately stood out to me, you know, that creation, we know that we serve a triune God, right? Trinity of trinities. I was like, yes. And, and in Genesis 1, verse, uh, verse 1, we know that, that, that creation was made in a trinity. We had time in the beginning. We have time. That's when, well, if you don't have time, where will you put it, right? And then, and then you need space, because otherwise, where would you put what God is about to create? So in the beginning, we have time. In the beginning, God created the heavens. So there's the space. And then he created the matter, the earth, right? And this is what all matter is made up of. And God put a bunch of stuff in there, liquids, solids, gases, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus. And then we've got us made in his image. Three parts again, spirit, soul, and body. And the basic makeup of matter exists of three parts as well. I just thought, well, that's a coincidence. The deeper we delve into science, the more we prove God. Isn't that amazing? So atoms has always been invisible. Actually, the word atom comes from the Greek word for invisible because we couldn't see it. They were too small. We simply cannot see it. But, next slide. Oh, look at that. Behold, the highest resolution image of atoms ever taken. To create it, the Cornell University researchers captured a sample from a crystal in three dimensions and they magnified it a hundred million times. So they took a crystal, they took a picture of it three-dimensionally, and they magnified that picture a hundred million times, as this is what they saw, the makeup of its matter, the atoms. See those tiny little dots? Those are those, those atoms that we see. So for all this time, we could never see atoms. We could never see the makeup of matter up until this article was published in 28th of June, 2021. But we always believed it firmly by faith. Yes, that is what all matter is made up of. But we could never see it. Until this clever researchers in America did this, and then we were all like, wow, that's what atoms look like. We always wondered. We knew they were there. Oh, yeah, for sure. We knew they were there, but we could never see them. 
That's where we go to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. So if you want to, page with me and read with me. There's going to be some stuff on the board, but everything won't be there. Just some verses. The Paul starts out, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. For by it, elders obtained good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed. So that word framed means to arrange or to set in order. By the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things that are visible. Wow. That was written over 2,000 years ago. And Paul wrote, the things which, which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So true, isn't it? But we have faith. In Mark eleven twenty two, Jesus answered them and said, have faith in God. Where should our faith be based? In God. Not in what we can see, not in people, not in our resources. You see, faith flows to the Almighty God because of the faithfulness that flows from Him. Let's have faith in the alignment with His will, in alignment with His will and purpose. Let your will be done, Lord. Let your kingdom come. Faith like a mustard seed. Could that bring up that slide? God says that there's many invisible things that are more real than the visible. How hard is that to believe? It's these very invisible things that make up everything that we see and feel and touch in our bodies. And it's easy enough to believe that. Now Paul says he challenges your thinking and he challenges your mind. And he says, there's a realm that's more real than the one you see, feel, and touch. Can you see how that's true? But this morning Paul wants to bolster our faith. And we're going to read from Hebrews eleven four to 34. And that's the only amount of faith you need. So while I read, you can look at that and say, that's all I need. So this, this comes straight out of Hebrews chapter 11. So if you want to go read this again at home. By faith, Abel brought a better and more accessible, uh, acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Because of Enoch's faith, he was caught up and transferred to heaven. By faith, Noah, being forewarned by God concerning the events to come, prepared an ark for the deliverance of his own family. By his actions, he passed judgment and sentenced on the world's unbelief and became an heir and a possessor of righteousness. Think about the faith that Noah had to have to build a boat in the desert. He acted purely on the word of God. God said, it's going to flood, Noah. And he was like, oh, yeah, we better build a boat then, Lord. He didn't second guess it because he knew by faith that everything that God says, what God is bringing is more real than what he sees now. Your circumstances that you look at now, that God has a better reality for you that is more real. Isn't that cool? 
And I want to have faith. I want to believe that that's what God is working for that. It's, it says by, by the actions, he passed judgment on the unbelief. He was called a possessor of righteousness. Man, I'd like to be, I'd like that to be me as well. Hey, a possessor of righteousness. Urged on by faith, Abram, when he was called, obeyed and went forth to a place which he was destined to receive as an inheritance. And he went, although he did not know or trouble, he, he did not know or trouble his mind about where he was to go. God said to Abram, you better get moving. I need to move you. I've got a better place for you in mind. And he just went, okay, Lord, let's go. He didn't know where to go. That sounds crazy. It sounds crazy because we trust more in what I can see, feel, and hear, and touch than the word of God. That's why it sounds crazy. But to a man of faith, it doesn't sound crazy at all. It sounds like God's spoken and I need to follow. Prompted by faith, he dwelt as a temporary resident in the land which was designated in promise, in a promise of God. Though he was like a stranger in a strange country, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs with him in the same promise. For he was waiting expectantly and confidently, looking forward to the city, which has fixed and firm foundations, whose architect and the builder is God. Because of faith, Sarah herself received physical power to receive a child, even when she was long past the age for it. Because she considered God, who had given her promise to be reliable and trustworthy and true to his word. Can you do that this morning? God, I consider you to be reliable, trustworthy, and true to your word, Lord. It was written down in your book thousands of years ago that all life and all things are made up of things that we cannot see. How did they know it? By revelation of the Holy Spirit. And yet today we can take a picture of it and see, wow, there it is. That's what they spoke about 2,000 years ago. You're getting quiet. Don't get quiet. By faith, Abram, when Abram was put to the test, he brought Isaac for an offering. He was ready to sacrifice his son, his only son. With eyes of faith, Isaac, looking far into the future, invoked blessings upon Jacob and Esau, his sons. We have to do that for our generation every day. We have to invoke blessing on our generation. Every day. And it's by faith that you have to do that. You have to say, Lord, I invoke blessing on my next generation. On the next generation, it's going to come after me. I do that by faith, Lord. I will do everything that I can while I'm here to create a better place for them, to create a better space for them, to make sure that the environment is healthy for them. But ultimately, they got to carry it. And we invoke blessing on them in Jesus' name. Actuated by faith, Joseph, when nearing the end of his life, referred to the promise of God, to the the departure of the Israelites out of Egypt, and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. After that, they were stuck in Egypt for 400 years in slavery. But Isaac had faith. 
He said, when you leave this land, whenever it might be, that's a promise of God and it will come to pass no matter what. You dig up my bones wherever I'm buried and you take me with you. I'm going to leave here. Whether it be alive or dead, I'll leave here as God has promised. That is faith because he looked far past himself. Sometimes we have these promises of God and we look at ourselves and we say, well, what about me? When am I going to see it? When is it going to happen to me? He looked way past that and he said, God, I know that you are true to your word. And even if I die, your promise will carry on and your words will not return empty to you, Lord. Prompted by faith, Moses, after his birth, was kept concealed for three months by his parents because they saw how comely the child was and they were not over, over, overawed and terrified by the king's decree. Here's God's promise slowly stepping into the fulfillment with Moses' birth. Aroused by faith, Moses, when he had grown to maturity and become great, he refused to be called the son of, the, of, um, of, of Pharaoh's daughter. Because he preferred to share the oppression, the suffering and the hardship and bear the shame of the people of God rather than have the fleeting enjoyment of a sinful life. There was some choice to make. Moses came from royalty. He grew up in Pharaoh's palace. Why leave all of that behind? He was royalty. He was considered one of, one of Pharaoh's sons. He had everything that he could ever ask for. There was nothing that Pharaoh could not provide. At that time, the Egyptians was one of the most powerful nations on the face of the earth. They were powerful. Everybody knew about Egypt. Everybody knew what was going on in Egypt. And they had this couple of million strong slave army building their empire. But by faith, he said, I, I don't want to follow this. Bring up the mustard seed. Let's see the mustard seed. That's all he needed. Moses just needed that much faith to get him moving and say, I don't want this life. I choose God above it all. Moses considered the contempt and the abuse and the shame born for Christ, the Messiah who was to come, to be greater wealth than all the treasures of Egypt. For he looked forward to the reward. He saw that there was something beyond that's more real than what he can see, feel, and touch and experience now. That's how his thinking makes sense. Because we think, why leave that life? He knew there was something more real. And he looked forward to that. Motivated by faith, he left Egypt behind. Being unawed and undismayed by the wrath of the king because he knew his dad was in charge. For he never flinched, but held staunchly to his purpose and endured steadfastly as one who gazed on him who is invisible. 
Paul says he held so steadfast to God and the word of God and the promise of God as though he gazed upon God. I promise you, life will be different if you experience that, if you ever have to gaze on God. Every, every testimony that I've ever heard of people that's gone to heaven, come back, that's experienced God, that's seen God, they are never the same. Never, never, never the same. Paul saw Jesus on the road to Damascus. This flashing light, one blinded him. He didn't know who it was. He says, who are you, Lord? He was never the same. And he wrote over two-thirds of the New Testament. It's that experience that we should say, Lord, please let us gaze upon you. We will be motivated by faith in God. By faith, which is simple trust and confidence in God. He instituted and carried out the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood on the doorposts. So that the destroyer of the firstborn, the angel might not touch those of the children of Israel. That was the last plague that came over Egypt before Pharaoh agreed to let them go. Every firstborn died in the land. Except for the Israelites, because they had the blood of the lamb on the doorposts. What makes that story exceptional is today you have the blood of the lamb, the blood of Jesus for you on your doorposts that stops you from passing over into eternal death. You are saved by the blood, purchased by Jesus' blood. So in the last days when the destroyer comes, you will be marked by that blood. Urged on by faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as though on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do the same thing, they were swallowed up. You see, it's because of faith that the walls of Jericho fell down after they have encompassed it for seven days. Prompted by faith, Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed along with those who refused to believe and obey because she had received the spies in peace without enmity. Paul writes here to the Hebrews, he says, What shall I say further? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, to tell of Barak, Samson, Jephthah, and of David, and of Samuel, and of the prophets. If we have to talk of everybody's faith, we would not have time. We'll stand here forever and talk about the faith of those who's who's been before us. Who by the help of faith subdued kingdoms. They administered justice. They obtained promised blessings. They closed the mouths of lions. By faith this morning. What is it that is staring you in the face? What is it that's challenging you? What is rattling your life at this moment? What is it that's shaking you? What is preventing you from believing? Let's look at all those that come before us and their measure of faith. Let's have that faith. Let's bolster our faith and say, yes, thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful to your word. And I know you will be faithful no matter what. These men extinguished the power of raging fire. They escaped the devourings of the sword out of frailty and weakness. They won strength and became determined, even mighty and resistless in battle. They defeated alien hosts. And they did all of that by faith. Last slide. Hebrews 10, 
Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence. For it carries great and, and a great and glorious compensation of reward. Don't let your confidence dwindle in God. Don't throw away your confidence in God. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance, so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God, and thus receive and carry away what is promised. We all have promised from God. The biggest one is eternal life. A son of man said, there's no other by me. I am the door. You come through me to God the Father. You see, you need to confess my name and you need to do so publicly. If you cannot publicly confess me, I'll deny you in front of the Father. But if you openly confess my name, oh, I will tell the Father and you will be accepted. That's why we baptize people. It's in that space that they say, hey, I serve Jesus. And I choose to do so in front of everybody there that day. That's why we get baptized. For still a little while, and um, um, so sorry, just for, for you have need of a steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away uh, um, and carry away the full, to the full what is promised. For still a little while, a very little while, the coming one will come. And he will not delay, but the just shall live by faith. My righteous servant shall live by his conviction, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. And holy fervor born of faith and conjoined with it. And if he draws back and shrinks in fear, my soul has no delight or pleasure in him. But our way is not of those who draw back to eternal misery and are utterly destroyed. But we are of those who believe, who cleave and trust and rely on God the Mess- um, and Jesus Christ our Messiah. And by faith, it preserves the soul. By faith, that's how we choose to believe in Jesus I heard, I heard a story of, uh, uh, um, I watched the story of, of, of this, uh, he's, a, he's a public speaker. I don't want to mention his name. He's a renowned public speaker, and he's a psychiatrist as well. He's, 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 he's a very well-educated man. He's overseas in the States, and he, and he spoke on this podcast. He's not a Christian, and, and, he, and he says so as well. He said, and, and in this one podcast, they asked him again, do you believe in God? And he said, it's a very difficult question to answer. And the, the guy that was, 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 was calling the, uh, the podcast says, well, that's easy. It's either yes or no. He says, no, that's not true, you see, because I have read the whole Bible. I have looked into the whole doctrine. He says, and it's very plausible. He says, it's so plausible. But the problem is, in order to take that next step, I need faith. And that's where I found myself not being able to wander yet. But we, everybody in this room, have found that faith and we have taken that step and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
Isn't that amazing? Have faith. Say, no matter what is going on, Lord, I have faith that you know, you know what is better for me. Show me your will. Show me your way, Lord Jesus, that I can step deeper and deeper into your presence, Lord, and in stride with you, Father God. Have I spoken to somebody this morning? Are you encouraged this morning? Amen. Father God, I pray for every person in this house this morning, Lord. I pray that you bolster their faith this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name, and speak to their hearts, Lord. I pray that they throw out unbelief, put it out of the room like you did, Jesus, when you went to pray for the little girl, the little girl that was dead and you raised her from the dead. You put all the unbelief out of the room, Jesus. I pray that we, we here this morning, we put the unbelief out of the room, Lord, and we know that you have our circumstances, our situation, whatever it is that we're facing in hand, Father God, and we surrender it to you. I know that no amount of worry or trouble in my mind can improve the things that is going on in my life, Lord, but I know that I can surrender it to you you and I choose to do that this morning. Surrender it to God this morning. Pray this prayer to him. Lord, I surrender it to you. I give it to you. And I have faith, Lord, that you will have the best outcome for me. I pray that you touch every heart and every mind here this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen.